small town music. This is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. If only he could prove it. Well, tomorrow's just a song away, a song away, a song away. Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis. And I'm the concert wife, Suzanne Billingham. And we are not in person. We are on Zoom, but we will be in person soon, correct, Suzanne? Yes. I anytime to do the next the next one will definitely be in person. Um, this one would have been if the timing had just been a little bit different. You're busy. I haven't been, I've been on vacation, um, for the last couple of weeks, but for some reason it didn't seem like it and it went by way too fast and I have to go back to work tomorrow. So driving down there and back would have been a little too much for me. Yeah. Otherwise you were going to drive down from Pismo beach and we're going to do this in person. Yes. Well, why wouldn't I, I we're vaccinated. That's right. We're, we're fully vaxxed as they say. And, uh, we haven't seen each other in person for how long? Well, I have no idea. I, I, it's been a long time. It couldn't have been. Was it the concert? The Who concert? Maybe. I mean, that's a long time. That's a long time. But it went by quickly. It doesn't seem like that long. Yeah. I, I don't know where. Not only did last year's somehow went by quickly, but this one is going even faster. Yeah, I know. It's May. It's crazy. It's the end of May. It's the end of May. I mean, God. It's the, it's the end of days. I hope. The end God, of May. I hope. <laughs> so how are things? Because uh, Suzanne, you are one of our essential workers. You're a frontline line worker. You're in the emergency room. I do. I do work in the emergency room. Um, now I had to wear my mask on an airplane a couple weeks ago from like six 30 in the morning till 10 at night. And it drove me insane. I can't imagine how that must be for you <laughs> on a daily basis. There. So it's gotten a little bit, um, they've eased up a little bit now because of the vaccinations and, yeah. and, um, so we don't have to wear an N95, which is the, is a thicker mask and it's, it's awful. And for a long time, we were wearing that for our entire shift, basically. And did you ever get used to it? No, you don't get used to it. And um, it's never going to be comfortable. And I, I swear, I'm wondering what is going to be the repercussions of wearing that particular mask for that many hours, that many days in a row for almost a year. I just, and I honestly, my hospital, we didn't see nearly what the big cities did, not even close. So I can't complain. I mean, it was bad, but it's, it wasn't COVID bad. It was people bad, you know, I mean, really brought out the worst in a lot of people. (laughs) Yeah. The worst in a lot of people. That's sad. (laughs) I know. Well, it's difficult. You're telling people they can't go see their loved ones and things like that. But, you know, again, it was like, Hey, this is a different circumstance. I'm I'm not doing it just to be rude, right? I, you know, this is a protection thing, but you know, there were, there were people I, I wouldn't let family in to see their loved one who's passing away. And 
you know, so, some people understood and then some people were literally threatening me and I'm, That's <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what you want me to do. I know. So, I mean, but look, you were, that was a difficult uh, position for you to be in now. It was a difficult position for any of us to be in. And that position's still there where you're trying to tell people where to go. And I don't know. Yeah. I, I, it just hasn't gotten, it actually, even with it loosened, the restrictions being loosened, it it's almost like it's worse. It was easier when every, when, it, when you just said nobody can come in. It was easier <laughs> when you could just be strict and say no, yes. no means no. <laughs> yeah. Now we're like in this. To say this, I don't even get in trouble for all of this, but I don't, I mean, I'm at a point where we're just, I, I'm no hero. I, I'm no hero. I promise you that you can put that sign outside the hospital all you want. I bitched and moaned for an entire year. Well, I did my job. I did what I did, you know, and I did what I needed to do. And I did my best for people and helped people. Yeah. But I didn't, you know, I wasn't dancing out of the ER after my shift every night. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's an extreme circumstance. So it's yeah. the, it's the most extreme circumstance you could be put in as a, as a nurse. Correct. Yeah. I, I mean, probably I would one, assume one so, of them. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, again, there's, there's my, my bigger thing was there's a lot of, um, I don't, I don't even want to get in. It's not funny. All right. No, this is funny. <laughs> Well, look, we applaud you and you might say you're not a hero, but we appreciate all that you do and all that uh, doctors and nurses and everyone did and are still doing and people who gave us the vaccinations and, uh, you know, we appreciate it. So uh, just to thank you, even though you don't want to be a hero. Oh, well, you're welcome. What would be your hero name? Would you be Captain Cranky? I'm I'm more of a... Um, Captain Curmudgeon now. I mean, I have, I, I'm 50 now. <laughs> I just turned 50. Well, and welcome, I'm every bit of just like, club. yeah. Welcome and I'm just like club. every bit of, I don't care anymore. <laughs> All right. Let's tell the people what the topic is. Suzanne and I, we both love Rod Stewart and we wanted to do a Rod Stewart episode, but as we started to look through the, uh, through the discography, it's, uh, it's pretty daunting because there's, let me tell you how many, there are 30 studio <laughs> albums. So you can't really do that in one episode. So what we're going to do for this part one of Rod Stewart is we're going to focus on the Mercury albums from 1969 to 1974. These are the Rod Stewart solo Mercury releases. We're not going to talk about uh, the faces, you know, we could, but we're not going to, we're just, choosing to just stick with Rod solo. Uh, Rod was very much like Phil Collins back then. He would make an album with the faces and then do a solo album and an album with the faces and a solo album. And some of the faces would play on those albums. And uh, he was having uh, quite a career when he first started. So, uh, and these albums are classics. These are so good. I love it. I love all these albums. And I have uh, to say though, when I was trying to pick my, my songs, I was like, okay, I only want to pick Rod Stewart songs. <laughs> Boy, that narrows it down. <laughs> and I couldn't do it because there were certain songs where I'm like, I just love the way he does this song. So you're talking about you wanted to pick ones that he, that only he wrote. Not only him, but that he had 
some part of writing. Right. And it's difficult he, because he does some great covers on these first five albums. So many covers. Yeah. Really. I mean, or just songs written by somebody else, whether they were yeah. even for him or. Um, but yeah, I mean, he he's really good at picking what he wants to cover. And this uh, this era of his career, this is like, um, you know, in this then he gets into, uh, you know, in the later seventies, he gets into the disco and the, and having a little bit more fun, but this is really the raw emotional Rod Stewart. Like this is like classic Rod Stewart. Like if anyone doesn't like, you know, what Rod became later, these are the albums that, yeah, that make you still love him. You know what I mean? Even though yeah. I love it all and I know you love it all. Uh, but this is, um, this is, uh, artistic rod i guess i don't know this is a this is just classic stuff yeah it's classic stuff it's him picking songs the cover songs that he wants to do are i mean they're not just like i don't know i mean there's bob dylan songs and you know all these folksy songs and things like that that he totally i wouldn't even some of them i didn't even know their covers yeah i know you know he makes them his own exactly so i mean uh you know down the line when he does those standards albums you know he's been covering people's music forever and even though those albums aren't my faves at all mine either um he really knows how to make a song his own these albums he's in his 20s it's i know it's crazy he's in his 20s doing these songs like if these were the only five albums he ever released, he would still always be regarded as a classic artist. And he would, he would get into the rock and roll hall of fame strictly on these five albums alone. Yeah. Because there's such classic songs on these. So let's do it. Let's get into this. All right, let's get started. All right. The first album is from 1969 and it's called an old raincoat won't ever let you down. Now that's what it was called in the UK. If you lived in the U.S., it was just called the Rod Stewart album. And the album covers are wildly different. Um, an old raincoat will never let you down. It's almost kind of a, I don't know. It looks like it's a homeless yeah. guy chasing a, a baby. I don't know what to say. It's not a great cover. It's not a good album cover. So I was rereading his autobiography for this little section of time. Okay. And he does not like that cover either. He's like, it wouldn't fly these days. Mm-mm. It's um I don't I don't get it. So then um the album cover in the US it's literally just Even worse. <laughs> Nothing I mean it's at. like a mustard color with a nice like uh with a nice uh what do you call a font like that? This is when I need Kyle, he would know what font that is. But it's just um I don't know, it's like a classic font and that's it. <laughs> Neither one jumps out at you on the no, album rack. Not at all. But but hopefully the songs will. So Suzanne. Yeah. You're a hero and a lady. So I get to go first. You get to go first. Yes. What do you got for me? So the first song that I picked was, um, I think they're out of order from the album, but I did it because I can't go with a slow song first. So I picked an old raincoat won't ever let you down, which he did write some of that. Yes. He's a writer. He's the writer on that song. Yep. Yeah. All right, here we go. Did you have 
rocking in the Zoom room. We're banging our heads and doing. I can't not looking silly. When you sent me your list, I looked at your list. I was like, "Oh, Suzanne picked all the good ones. <laughs> what am I going to pick?" And then you look at these albums, and you're like, "Oh, there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of good ones left." Yeah. Uh, so my first song, I picked the first song on the album. It's written by Mick Jagger and Keith Richards, and it's a cover of "Street Fighting Man," which the Stones released just the year before. So it's um. It's very interesting to cover, you know, like it's a brand a new, new song, song. <laughs> yeah. new song, but Rod does it and he does it pretty well. So this yeah. is Street Fighting Man. Wood is all over this album on guitar and bass. And there's a story in which Rod asks Mick Jagger to never steal Ronnie away. <laughs> and of course, Mick totally does. He, he would never do it. Yeah. And of course, they do. So that's why Ronnie's in the Stones and not in uh not in Rod Stewart's band. I think he said on this one too that he wanted to do this song because he couldn't understand the words. Oh, when, when the Rolling him? Stones, you know, when Mick sang it, and he wanted to do it where you could under where you could hear the lyrics. All right, well, that's cool. I like that. Uh, what's your? Next I can thing? understand it better when Rod's singing. It. I can too. I yeah. can. I love Rod's um, so raspy back in the day, mm-hmm. and if he's only in his twenties, I wonder how much of that he's putting on. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. We've heard him sing a lush ballad where his voice is smooth as silk. So he probably wanted to put a little of that on, you know, you know, probably to sound a little bit, maybe like the blues guys that he mm-hmm. and, uh, but it works. It totally works. Rasp. All right. What's uh, your- my, my second song from this one is handbags and glad rags. Not written by not written by him, but I love this song. I love it too. You can't not pick it. It's written by a guy named Mike Diabo, who plays piano on the song. So shout out to Mike. Let's see if he's alive. I'm gonna click, I'm gonna see if he's still with us. Uh he's still with us, 77 years old. Right on. Looks like he's a associated acts uh Manfred man. So there you go. All right. Little backstory. A lot of these guys have like other bands that you would know, but yeah. you don't know who these people are. <laughs> the next, the song I'm going to play next, I, there's a guy like that. We'll tell you in a minute, but here's All right. Handbags and Glad Rags. Such a great one. Ever seen a blind man cross the road Trying to make the other side Ever seen a young girl growing old to make herself a blind. So what becomes of you, my love? 
I would say of all the songs on this album, uh, this would be the one that probably still shows up in the set list from time to time. It's probably the most popular. He has such a huge set list that I don't even know. I know. I can't even, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I think if he was going to pull one from this album, it would probably be that one. That's the... That's probably the most well-known song on, on this album. Yeah. Okay, so my next song. And again, this is when this is when albums just, you know, eight songs, 32 minutes long, in and out, no filler. Let's, uh, you know, don't bore us, get to the chorus, yeah. all that stuff. <laughs> but I chose a song called I Wouldn't Ever Change a Thing, uh, written by Rod. And it's got a guy named Keith Emerson on organ. Keith Emerson from Emerson, Lake, Lake and Palmer. Palmer. Sadly, rock and peace, Keith Emerson. But here's a little nod with, I wouldn't ever change a thing. I wouldn't change a thing if I could live it all again. That Keith Emerson organ is quite prominent, right? It 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 might be too it might be too much. <laughs> he might I don't ruin know. it. I don't think so. Okay. Do you think so? No, it's it's a lot though. <laughs> On my end, it was very loud. When you know it's him. It makes perfect sense. So you're saying if it was just uh, Bob Scully on Oregon, you'd be like, Bob, too much. <laughs> but because we know him. It's like, right. Like, that's. Now, the name I Bob, mean, I just made that name up. There's no Bob Scully. Yeah, I know. But if there was, he wouldn't be oh, no, he taking sucks. over the song. <laughs> yeah, he sucks. Bob's the worst. Um, all right, we're moving on. Now, the next album, 1970, Gasoline Alley. I love this album cover. So do I. This is, and the next three album covers are really classic looking. They really looked, I don't know if you call it sepia tone or what, but I just love them all. But yeah. And this album is, this is critically acclaimed all over the place. Everyone gives this favorable reviews according to Wikipedia. And yet there's only one, two, three, only three Rod Stewart co-writes on this album. But he picked some great covers. Yes. And what do you but, got from Gasoline Alley? What do you have for us? Title track, Gasoline title track, Alley. Written by Rod and Ronnie Wood. I think there's a story in the, uh, well, I'll tell it after this. Gasoline Alley, title track. I think I know now what's making me sad. It's a unit for my whole backyard. I'll be your life, maybe I was wrong to leave. 
so good so good i think in the book because rod and ronnie knew each other since they were teenagers and i think one day ronnie came over and they were going to try to write songs and i think rod's mom kept checking on them and they they were just weren't doing anything they just thought you would get in a room and (laughs) and it would just happen just come to you (laughs) yeah and they were just like they didn't know what they were doing at all which is amazing if you think about all the songs that Rod has written since then, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I guess it's something that you like a muscle. You really have to, you know, work at to get good at. But I mean, I can't even imagine sitting down. What if you and I sit in a room with a tambourine and we're going to write a song? <laughs> what would we come up with? I don't know, but we're selling it to Stevie Nicks. Yeah. You, me and uh, Bob Scully <laughs> on keys. Bob it's going to be great. He's a legend. All right. Now the song I picked it's a cover song, which the Rolling Stones also recorded. It's written by Bobby Womack and his, uh, I assume maybe his wife or sister, Shirley Jean Womack. And it's uh, all over now. Here it is. The songs back then had such a live feel when they were recorded. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's just a part where he just goes, woo, because I think that's just how he was feeling it as he was singing it. And there, I think uh, they're all together when they're recording it too. Yeah, it's no, no one's behind a booth or no one recorded the bass two weeks earlier. You or get somebody's the- across the country doing their part. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no, one, no one emailed a file. Yeah. One. <laughs> Because the studio time, you had to maximize it. So you all had to show up and you had to produce. And it gives it a whole different sound, doesn't it? It it really does. Um, Talking about songwriting made me think of when I was doing stand-up in Chicago. And uh, my friend Jeff Lucas and uh, a girl I was dating, Marge Takis, we would meet like every Tuesday night at Jeff's apartment to try to write uh, material for each other. You know, in the voice... Uh, of what we were doing and we would all take to, we would come with ideas and then the other two would help us flesh it out. So uh, my girlfriend at the time, Marge, she did uh, her act was mostly blue material. You know, she did 
dirty stuff. So we would write for Jeff and we would write for me. And then we would always do Marge last. And by then we were punchy and probably drinking a little bit. So like Marge would tell us what her premise would be. And then Jeff would go, yeah. And then you just mime a guy jizzing all over the audience. <laughs> and she would get so mad because every punchline he would just go, yeah. And then you take a, then you pretend like you're taking a shit on top of uh, a guy's head. And she would be so, so mad because we literally, we didn't help her at all. We would get our stuff written and then, the worst. and then we would totally not help Marge at all. And then on the way home, I would have to hear about it yeah. in the car. But be, and That's what was your worse ex. Was, what's worse was we would laugh. Jeff and I would laugh so hard. The madder she would get, the harder we would laugh. And then, of course, Jeff got to stay at his apartment and I would hear about it. Yep. But, <laughs> oh, well. Hey, I got that story out of it. That's worth That's it. That's a great story. And now, a word from our sponsors. Hi, Rock Salad listeners. This is beloved entertainer Hob the Troll here to remind you that my dumb new album, 50 Million Hob Fans Can't Be Found, is available on Bandcamp. You know, Madonna once said, Music makes the people come together. But if you still want people to keep their distance, just go to hobthetroll.bandcamp.com and purchase my new album. It also makes the perfect gift for the person in your life who you don't really like too much. That's H-O-B-T-H-E-T-R-O-L-L dot bandcamp.com. Do it today! Now back to the show. All right, what's your next tune? My next tune is not written by Rod, but it is Cut Across Shorty. And he did this, him and Ronnie did this on the uh, the Unplugged special. Do you remember the 19 in the night? I, I vaguely remember it, but it was. It's the, it's so the first, ago. that's when I first. I remember him not being able to sit still. Oh, yeah. And it was like unplugged and seated or something. Unplugged and seated, but he was. Yeah, but he could not. Trouble. Yeah. Uh, probably the Coke. No, he's not a drug guy. Oh, probably the seven bottles of wine. Maybe no, that put, that puts you to sleep though. Doesn't it? I, I don't, it depends. I, I don't know, but I don't think he's, I mean, I know he's a drinker, but I think he did Coke in the seventies. I think he did too, but I don't think he was much of a drug guy because he, uh, he didn't smoke and yeah. didn't want to do drugs. His thing was women. Women was women and men a little booze. <laughs> that's right. That's not me saying that. It's just common knowledge. I, that's him. Well, it's how common great, knowledge coming out of his mouth. Yeah. How great is his autobiography? It's so good. It's full of joy because he's never not had he's never not had the most fun you could have. And he doesn't um he doesn't have regrets about things he he's done. He knows that. Yeah, I went through a wives and I have a lot of kids, but everything now, all the wives get along and everyone gets along. And I think that's part of the appeal of him too. You know, just yeah. as a fan, it's like, oh, look at that. Somebody who's successful, who's actually enjoying it, enjoying it and loves his life and, and appreciates it. And he never seemed like a lecherous guy. You know what I mean? He never yeah. seemed skeezy or, you know what I mean? He's right. Yeah, he just he's right start. He just, yeah. you know, he likes a drink and a, and a dame, and that's how it's going to be. There you go. 
I've told this many times in the show, but I read, I read, uh, I read Pete Townsend's book and his book back to back and and it couldn't be more different. (laughs) I mean, Pete Townsend, just miserable every second, (laughs) every single page, miserable. Uh, so if you, if you ever do that, read Pete's first and then, and then Rod will pick you right up. All right, here we go. Uh, the aforementioned cut across shorty. I love a story song. I do too. And I love that bass and I love those drums. Yep. Let's men- let's see who's on this album. Let's mention some people. Rod Stewart, Ronnie Wood, Ronnie Lane. Uh Pete Sears, who would end up in Jefferson Starship, plays bass on Cut Across Shorty. And he, I'm sorry, plays piano. No, I'm sorry. He plays the bass <laughs> on Cut Across Shorty. And he plays piano on the song I'm going to play next. Uh, Kenny Jones is on this album. You know, a lot of great people. I'm giving misinformation, Suzanne. That's not good. Nobody's going to check it. It's supposed to be professional. You can okay. Whatever you want. Bob Sully. Scully, actually. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, we can't even remember his name. He's the worst. <laughs> um, all right. So here's another one of those things. The song I'm going to play, it's written by Elton John and Bernie Toppin. It's a song called Country Comfort, which is from Elton John's Tumbleweed Connection album, which also came out in 1970. I so Rod doesn't care. <laughs> doesn't care. No reg- he so I like to- the song. I'm going to put my spin on it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, how cool is that? You know, I mean, he had to contact these people. Hey, Elton, I'm, I love, I love that country comfort song. I'm going to record it today. Even though you put it out last week, I'm going to record it. Okay. All right. Here it is. Yeah. Country comforts. Country comforts. Play, damn it. Soon the pines will be falling everywhere Village children always fighting for their share And the 609 goes roaring down the creek As Parson Lee prepares his service for Comforts in my bones 
Excellent song. I can see a whole movie in my head when I'm listening to that. Well, that's because you're wasted. No, I'm not. I am actually not. That's because you're wearing that N95 mask. It makes your head go crazy. (laughs) There's no way I don't have some sort of chronic lung condition for that thing eventually. Then you can you chew gum under that thing? Are you you smelling your own uh, breath all day long? You can't. After a while, you can't smell anything, taste anything, nothing. But yeah, you didn't get sick the whole time, right? I did not get sick. I never, I never got COVID. Okay. Um, I had an antibody test when I donated blood at some point in there. And then uh, I did have one COVID test where I was, <clears throat> I wasn't feeling well, but I had been working so many days in a row that yeah. I couldn't tell. So I was just like, I have to work another shift. I want to make sure that I'm safe. So they did the test, told me in the morning that it was negative. So I went ahead and went back to work. So you didn't know if you were exhausted or if you were sick. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I never got like really sick or, and I had for a long time. And I think it's, I'm pretty sure it's from the mask that I kind of had a chronic cough Yeah, from six, seven months, eight months. And it, but I, I wasn't sick, you know what I mean? But it was one of those things where you, you're really trying to hide it because you can't, every cough, every cough suspect, people, <laughs> someone's going to turn and give you the skunk eye. And to be honest, a ton of my coworkers got it. Yeah. Well, you're, think, around it. you're around it. It's eventually, it's going to slip in there. But I'm, I'm almost, I don't know where they got it from or how it passed, but I, I do know that I was, I was out for two weeks during the time. And when I came back, they were all off for two weeks Wow! because they all had it. So I was just like, okay, you guys all must've been working together. And this is just, it's just impossible. It's impossible when you're in that close of quarters. When, when you get home after, you know, pulling a long shift during this COVID, are you just exhausted or do you get a second win when you get home and feel good? Or did you just come home and fall in a pile on a chair. We started changing our scrubs at work and wearing hospital scrubs. So I would wear my own clothes home because initially when I was wearing my own scrubs, I would, everything came off in the garage. Yeah. Right into the washer. Then I went into the shower Yeah, and then went to bed. But I, once I was switching my scrubs at work, I would just come into the house, take my scrubs off, throw them in the laundry and then take a shower. I don't think I'll ever not take a shower straight after work. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like if there's, there's been shifts where they were slower and nothing was a big deal. This is pre-COVID where you just, you come home, you change your clothes and you go to bed. This will sound creepy, but could you tell me a little bit more about that shower? (laughs) That's the kind of joke I can make with Suzanne. Everybody calm down. Thank you so much. That's the thing. I need you to lighten this up. Calm down a little bit, people. (laughs) My, my God. <laughs> All right. So um, how long is a shift? How long do you work at a time? 12 hours. Do you get a break for lunch? Oh yeah. We 30 minute break. And so prob- technically 12 and a half hours. And what do you there. do? Where do you go during that break? It's- well, I think that's where people started passing it because the break room is so small. 
yeah. you couldn't stay six feet away from each other. And if you're eating and without your mask on. Yeah. And you didn't want to go to your car because you would feel like you had to change I wouldn't, you got in your car. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because that's that was one of the things I used to do a lot of the times so would be go out to my car, listen to a podcast, listen to some music called Dennis, whatever, you know, just for my 30 minutes, just to get out of the noise and, and away from the just the entire workplace just for right. 30 minutes. Never, never no. I get in my car with those clothes on. I, I agree. And and then Dennis, your 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 guy, uh, tell everyone what he does. He's also in the thick of things. Yeah, he's a flight paramedic. So and he also works on the ambulance. Um and so he goes in a helicopter. Yeah. So you wanted to talk about being in tight quarters with a COVID patient. Yeah. And they they transported COVID positive patients. So and he was lucky and never got it either. He never got it. He's like Tom he, Cruise in this I, helicopter. It's fantastic. I don't know how he does it. I could never. I can never work in that cramped space. I don't even think I could fly in a helicopter for fun. I know. I it seems. I always think like it would be cool, but then I'm just like, that seems. I know. I don't know. Seems, I don't know. You're tight. You're tight. No, <laughs> thank tight. you. All right. We'll call, uh, we'll call Dennis a hero then. He's a hero. I'm no hero. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. All right, so we're moving on. Now this, of the five albums we're going to talk about today, this is a Stone Cold classic album. It's his first platinum album in the U.S. This is Every Picture Tells a Story. So if I was going to tell you, you got to buy one of these albums today, it would be Every Picture Tells a Story. Mm -hmm. It's every song is great. It's just fantastic. So it really is one of the perfect albums. And again, this is one where you can pick two and I still have tons of songs to pick from. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the songs on this album will be the play out. I'm not going to say what it is. You can probably guess. But uh, Suzanne, what's your first song from Every Picture Tells a Story? Would you have picked this one too if I didn't? Yeah, this is a great, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. This is probably, this is one of my favorite Rod Stewart songs. Probably my favorite. It's Mandolin Wind. And this is written by Rod, just Rod. Only Rod. I mean, come on. I know. Mandolin Wind. When the rain came, I thought you'd leave. Cause I knew how much you loved the sun. But you chose to stay, stay and keep me warm. Through the darkest nights, I'll end. Thing that I know I love you. Good. Oh, the snow fell. What do you 
think? Is there a mandolin in that song? What do you think? It's hard. If you really listen, you can hear it. <laughs> it's in there. Let me see who's on this Is album. Is Emerson make, playing that mandolin? No. Uh, Ronnie Woods on the album. Pete Sears is on the album. Mickey Waller on drums. Andy Pyle, who played with the Kinks, is on bass guitar. Long John Baldry. Uh, Kenny Jones is on drums on some songs. Ronnie Lane is on bass. All Rod's mates just come down to the studio and play. I wonder if the, I don't know anything about any bands now. I wonder if they ever have this kind of a history from their start to where they end up. You know what I mean? Like how many of these people are in these other bands that made it and you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I just think this time period was, was magical. I just just don't know if this happens anymore. Like they don't realize that they're actually in a super group right now when, when they're making these albums. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters work with a lot of different people. So I, I, I feel like they are kind of like some people that are on this album. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They seem to love it. They seem to appreciate it. They seem to be honored to work with people that they've idolized. They seem to love working with their peers. I mean, the Foo Fighters for me are, are still the real deal. And I don't know how you feel about the feel. Foo I love them. I or love. I just call them the feel fighters. I just call them the foos. Foos. <laughs> just kidding. I never call them that. They, um, yeah, I don't call them the foos. Do who I? would? I don't I think mean, so. It's wrong. Terrible. All right. I'm going to play the title track written by Rod Stewart and Ronnie Wood. Look, Ronnie Wood didn't need the Rolling Stones. He's co-writing all these great songs with Rod. This is Every Picture Tells a Story. going to get to the chorus but it's fantastic love that song yeah that's a great love tune it. i can't believe you didn't pick it i i know there's I, just too many good ones i know there really is because then i this other song is um yeah I, this it's whole like, album you couldn't go wrong it's a sophie's choice for sure yeah plus i knew you'd pick it yeah if i didn't pick it i was like man i have help with that one so Suzanne, who's your favorite band? Cheap Trick. Who's your favorite bass player? Tom Peterson. Right. So you know that uh, I got the word today that I might be interviewing him next Wednesday. I'm so excited. I can't stand it. I know. I, I, I can't I'm, stand I'm, it. I feel like I, I want to be there, but I can't be there. This it's is, not in person, though. It's through the Zoom. It doesn't matter. What would you, would you sit like matter. right behind me like this? Just be peeking around your, <laughs> around your shoulder. Um, what if I let you in the zoom room and I just said that you were my producer and you just watched, I'll send you the video. 
I know. I'll send you the video it's immediately. It's not the same. It's not. Um, so I want to. I want to show like you. You're something. going backstage without me. You can't. I know. You can't leave me out there. If it was in person, <laughs> you would come down because. Oh, I would totally. Without a doubt, you would yeah. come down. Uh, so I'm going to show you something because we're on. You and I were on Zoom right now. I want to show you. So when I keep my camera off like this, so right now you can't see me. Mm-hmm. And when I interview someone, this is what I do. And then it tells me that they want to be let into the Zoom. And then I let them in. And then I get to take a nice long look at the person before, <laughs> before I reveal myself. I get to see what their office is like or what they're wearing and, and see if they're smiling or, or what their demeanor is. And then, and then I reveal myself. That's just the oh thing I God, do. What do they do when they don't know that you're... Uh, well, I've let them in so they know that I'm around. Oh, okay. So that's what I do. Cause I just like to, I want to take it in. You're, like, I don't want them to just pop in and I'm like, Oh, yeah. I'm it's kind of like a, you're lurking, you're lurking no. in your own zoom meeting. Well, maybe I lie. Maybe. Oh, I didn't see you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The next song you're going to play is another classic. I know this one is reason to believe. And this is written by. Tim Harden, and this closes out the album. You can't close an album out better. This is such a great song. If I listen long enough to you, I find a way to believe that it's all true. Now, back in the day, if you were Rod Stewart and you wanted to pick up a lady and you were having trouble, you could just say, oh, I wrote this song about you. <laughs> Even if you didn't, you just say that. I wrote okay. this about you. Oh, yeah. Dress off. I don't think Rod had any trouble, though. There's one song and I can't remember. I need to find out which album it's from, but you go ahead. No, it's your turn. Break. No, it's. No, that was my song. Wait a minute. That was my song, Reason to Believe. Did we pick the same song? No, no, no. That was your song. Yeah, that was your second song. You're right. I just got confused. That happens. All <laughs> right. So the song I picked is I Know I'm Losing You. I know it's redundant for me to keep saying this is a great song, but I don't know what else to say. I can't help it, though. I could say it's a stellar song. I could say it's a spectacular song. I could say this song kicks ass, but really that just means it's a great song. Exactly. It all boils down to that. So here we go from 1971. And remember folks, these albums are 69, 70, 71, 72, and then 74 for whatever reason. He needed a break. He needed a break. Uh, probably did a faces tour or something, but here we go. I know I'm losing you. Thank you. 
closing my Zoom window and uh, muting my mic, and that's not because I'm pulling a tube and I'm uh, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm having a tough allergy day today. So <laughs> it totally took me a second, and yeah. then I remembered who that you got was. it. You got it. Um, I knew you'd eventually get it. But uh, no, I mute my mic and I close my window because I have to blow my nose, and I'm not gonna let you see that. You've probably seen it in person before, but you're not seeing Thank it. You. You're yeah. not seeing it in the Zoom room. <laughs> Suzanne spent the night here uh, many times, so she's seen my morning ritual of honking like Felix Unger and snorting <laughs> and all that disgusting nasal stuff. All right, that's a little bit too much information. <laughs> Let's move on to Never a Dull Moment. Uh, this album went gold in the U.S. It's uh, nine songs, 32 minutes. Let me see some of the players again, Ronnie Wood, Ronnie Lane, Mickey Waller, uh, Kenny Jones, Pete Sears, you know, he just, all these same guys, they just get together and they make these great albums. I wonder what the session players made back then. I almost feel like some of them might've done it just for the hang or for free. Right. I don't know. It just, it feels like a community. We just want to make I feel like I feel like they just made this flat fee right and then got screwed out of any royalties got screwed out of cuz they never thought it was going to sell, you know, a just like, oh, this albums. is just my job, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Although I th- I've never heard of Rod like screwing the band or screwing anyone, you know what I mean? But that's what I mean. I don't think that it was necessarily they're getting screwed over. I think that was just maybe that's the way it was. Maybe I don't know. Was. I don't know anything. We, you should get some session players on and ask them about it. I should, I should have asked uh, Steve Lukather. Um, <laughs> all right. Now the song that you picked uh, for your first song written by Rod Stewart and Ronnie Wood, I would have picked this one, but I'm still not sure how to pronounce it. So I just can't roll my R's. So I'm, I pronounce it Los Paraguayos. Yeah. That's way better than I would do. <laughs> And what does that mean? Do you know what that means? I think it's just from Paraguay. That's what you think? That's the people, people from Paraguay, the Paraguayans. All right. Well, I love this song so much. I do too. It's such a jam. Never a dull moment with Rod. Here we go. Darling, I hate to tell you, but I think I'm catching a cold. The chair on the fire, bring the bottle over here. I feel I'm getting old. I like your laugh and a hot bath and I own a sense of humor. But if it rains again like it did today, I'm gonna have to leave a little bit sooner. I can't fade I mean, every once in a while, these lyrics are just like. <laughs> well, wait till we get. Wait till we get to. The, I know. Wait till we get to the next uh, albums after this. It's um, it's fun. It's definitely. I, you just can't even be mad at it. Why would you? But but boy, when you hear it, you're like, you sure don't look like my daughter. Yeah. Yeah. It's or you tough. sure do look like my daughter. Yeah. But, oh. Either way, easy guys. 
calm down guys. Right. Oh, but that, oh. that song, I love that song. I love that song. I just, I don't care what the lyrics are. <laughs> have, have you ever as a young woman dated uh, an older gentleman, like a guy that was like a lot older than you? What's a lot? No. Wait, to where it would be, uh, it would look odd to maybe someone from the outside. No. Mm-mm. You've always stayed within your age range. Less than 10 years. Yeah. My, my ex was like eight years older than me, nine eight. years older. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, sucked in some wind and had to cough. Yeah, I've always, yeah, I've never dated anyone like. No, like, I don't like want to two, date somebody 20 years older than me or like two years or three. Might which, you know, I, just I don't, don't want to act like that's horrible because we're talking about Rod Stewart here. Right. I know. You know what I mean? Like, but I just, um, I just, I just like someone my own age. Yeah. I can't. Um, what are you going to talk about? Exactly. Plus the stuff I talk about is nonsense anyway. My, you know, <laughs> anyone wants to hear about my love of Captain America and Kiss? Oh, I do. <laughs> you did you finish those Marvel movies yet? Oh, I did. I did. What was your favorite? I don't know. I don't like being put on the spot like this because then I have to think about them. And there's so many, so many. All right, all right. All the I don't Cap- know. I love them all. All the Captain America movies are solid. Yes. Um, there, I, I didn't dislike any of them. I do love Infinity War. Oh, my God. That's I can't believe how fast we got through those movies. We couldn't stop watching them just back well, to back. The thing is, they're really good movies. Yeah. They're good. Yes. Movies, and, you get, and you get invested in the characters. It's not. And those characters, people are sick of hearing me talk about this. Those characters hold <laughs> dramatic weight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth and Robert Downey Jr. And uh, Josh Brolin as Thanos. They're acting. They're good act. These people are good actors in these movies. Benedict Cumberbatch. Come on. I love any kind of action thing. Mm-hmm. And even when it's super, you know, superhero stuff, whatever. I, I love it. I love yeah. all of those movies, those Thor movies, and they're funny. They're so funny. Yeah, they get they're able to put the humor in there with the action. I don't know how they do it. I don't, Infinity War, there's got to be 40 characters and everyone gets their joke, everyone gets their hero shot, yep. everyone gets their team up, everyone gets their dramatic moment. I just that's really hard to do when you're writing a screenplay. To well, they nailed it on, on that man. I, I don't know. I don't know. I just know I love it. All right. Well, I'm glad you watched those because they're, they're great. And uh, Rita wanted to watch them from the beginning. So we are, we're in the middle of it right now. That was how we were trying. I can't remember. I think we were doing it in um, order of release. Yes. That's how we do it. Because the ending always leads into the next one. Yeah. People. And I was say- like, I'm not going to do this weird no, I'm not going to do this weird. No, you watch chronological. Yeah. yeah. It's conf- I think it's more confusing that way. Yeah. That's not the, how they were given yeah, to you. Then the movie gives you an Ed credit sequence that isn't going to be the next movie you're watching. And that's 
I think it's so weird that I never, I guess I don't really like to go to the theater. I never didn't. Well, then I never year, saw them when they came out. Yeah. Well, now maybe you will. Maybe you'll go see Black Widow. I do want to see that one so bad. You go to the theater. It'll be a date night. Love that character of yeah. everything about her. Yeah. She's great. Uh, okay. My turn. I picked the song that opens the album written by Rod and Ronnie. And this is called True Blue. Never been a millionaire And I tell you mama I don't care Never gonna own a racehorse Or a fastback mid-engine Porsche Don't think I'll own a private jet On the stock exchange I'm no threat So won't you help me make up my mind Don't you think I also want to note that these last three albums have all had a Bob Dylan cover on them, but I don't think we've, you and I picked any of the Bob Dylan covers, correct? That's correct. All right. I didn't. Doesn't, not for any reason. We just didn't. I think they were just a little slower in some of them. Yeah. And kind of straightforward. All right. So this next song that you're going to play, I don't even remember this song. So I'm glad you picked it. It's a deep cut. This, this one is Italian Girls. This could be a title fight with the Hall & Oates song called Italian Girls. Should we that's title my next it? Pick. Next time you do one, that's my pick. <laughs> I'm, I'm going I'm I'm to get this title fight going in a second. You hold on a second. All right. Now, my mom would say Italian. That's how she would wouldn't say wouldn't be it. wrong. <laughs> oh, She's an Italian. That's not how you say it, mom. All right. So here we go. This is Italian Girls by Rod Stewart. Good keyboard. That's no Bob Scully. Um, that's a great tune. I love that song. So I we played. Ma. Why would I pick it if I didn't love it? True. We played all three of the songs that were written by Rod and Woody on that album. Yeah. Okay. This is uh, ten years after that song came out. Hall and Oates released a song called "Italian Girls," and here it is. I see all the
ever hear that song? I haven't, and I'm probably not going to again. <laughs> now, this is from the H2O album. This is Which is album. weird, but then I probably have heard it because I had that album, and I, that's I know the one I where played they, uh, it all the way through, but that's, that's the album cover. <laughs> that's the album cover where they stare longingly into each other's eyes. I know. While they're all sweaty. Yeah, that's not a title fight. Rod wins that, hands down. Yeah, do you think Hall and Oates were getting ready to sumo wrestle? When that picture was taken? I don't, there are certain album covers that I just don't understand how they were allowed. How it got through. Why would you approve that? Why? I have no idea. Two sweaty dudes looking at each other. Yeah. How are you doing? What is, doesn't make it. H2O. <laughs> I mean, okay, I get it. You're covered in water. Good for you. Yeah. That's terrible. Yep. It's not good. <laughs> All right, uh, my next song from Never a Doll Moment. This this might be in my top five favorite Rod Stewart songs of all time. And this is, and I'm glad you didn't pick it so that I could pick it. This is You Wear It Well. I had nothing to do on this hot afternoon But to settle down and write you a line So Rod Stewart wrote that with a guy named Martin Quintenton. And that's the same person that he also wrote Maggie May with. So those two guys write a good song together. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. All right. We're moving on to our last album. This went so fast today. I know. It's, I mean. It's sad. It really is. It went too fast. I'm just settling in. My nerves are gone. I'm enjoying this. I know. Now we're at the last well, album. When we do the next albums, you'll be here in person. Yes. I, I, I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to come down. And I, think, I miss my friends so much. I can't even begin to tell you. And, and, and we miss you too. And I do want to say the next four albums, I think lend themselves to uh, more comedic talk. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, so uh, trust me that that's going to be uh, even more fun than this episode. I don't know how that's possible. <laughs> All right. We're moving on to 1974's. This is the last album rod did for mercury records um it's called smiler um i don't listen to this album much but it's got some good songs on it it's got some good songs and it's got a real clunker hmm i wonder if hmm <laughs> when you say a clunker suzanne what <laughs> what were I you mean, thinking what do you i mean i i just because you like a song doesn't mean you have to Cover it, and it doesn't even sound bad until he. Anyway. Well, you know what? 
let me tell you something. Hey, you. It's a seagull stinkaroo. Before the day I met you, life had been so kind, but you're the key to my peace of mind. You so terrible <laughs> it is so bad why why, why? <laughs> that should not exist in the world i don't care if that's your favorite song in the whole world if that's the case then you need to sing woman <laughs> yeah just, sing it don't just, i mean just when sing he, the song when he says may <laughs> it's so bad <laughs> why didn't someone tell him <laughs> Not to do it. Yeah, this is just for you. (laughs) Um, Also, I want to say these last four albums, Rod Stewart also produced these albums. He was listed as producer on. So he must have made so much bank from these four, from these albums. Producer, songwriter, singer. Singer. I mean, (laughs) crazy. And Rod doesn't play any instruments. He's just a singer. He might play guitar. I mean, maybe he write, maybe he writes on guitar. I've never seen him do it. But he doesn't do it on stage. No. I mean, he must play something in order to write songs, right? Or maybe he just gets the lyrics and the melody in his head and tells the players what he's thinking. I, he does. I, I think he he has to be able to play something. Just he chords, has to be able to. You play know what something. I mean? Right. Something. Yeah. He has to be. But. Uh, but as far as on stage, he does not pick up an instrument. He is the vocalist. No, but he'll kick a soccer ball for you. He'll kick a soccer ball at you. And then he'll say, man. <laughs> All right. What is the song you chose? Your first song off of Smiler. My first song is called Sailor. And again, written by Rod and Ronnie Wood. Sailor. Man. You ain't gonna get me It's a rocker. I like it. Yeah, those two know how to write a song, I think. They really do. Um, I wish they would write some songs now. That would be great. All right. Yeah, get this. I mean, they had time. Yeah, they've had a year. <laughs> We've all had time to write an album. <laughs> did you write one? <laughs> no. No, neither did I. I actually didn't have time. Yeah, you didn't have time. You're a hero. <laughs> I'm, I was busy being a hero. All right. My song, first one from Smiler. We're not counting. You make me feel like a natural uh, man. 
This is a farewell written by Rod Stewart and the aforementioned Martin Quintenton. I hope I'm saying his name right. It's a very, uh, phonetically, it's Quintenton. Sounds like I'm stuttering, but I'm not. Okay, here we go. This is farewell. That's it. Farewell. I got kind of mesmerized by it and I, I didn't fade it down. I love that song. That's a good one. Suzanne, what are your last song? My last song is not written by Rod Stewart. It is another Elton John. And I think Bernie Taupin, they write everything, right? It is. An Elton, <clears throat> Elton but Steve. I love this version. I, I, I actually like it better than... Uh, than Elton. And Elton plays piano and does vocals on this one. Yeah. This is Let Me Be Your Car. All right, here we go. I may not seem the ideal when you look into my eyes. I don't smoke. I don't tell jokes. I'm not your custom-made size. Baby, let me take you Yeah, that is better than Elton's version. Yeah, I get it's he does so many covers that it's easy to like a Rod Stewart song better than the original sometimes. Yeah, I agree with you. <clears throat> um, because he really does take it and make it his, you know. Yeah, it's but true. Th- that one is just uh, anytime a song can get me up, just start dancing, that I'm just in love with it. And that's one of those. Yep. That's the test. If it's going to make you get up and dance, it works. This one works. Uh, Elton John is on this album. Paul McCartney does some background vocals on this album. You know, Pete Sears, Ronnie Wood, other people that contributed songs to this album. There's a Chuck Berry song. There's, uh, of course, a Carol King song, <laughs> Bob Dylan song, Paul McCartney and Linda McCartney wrote a song in this album. And then the song that I'm going to play, my second song from Smiler, is written by Sam Cooke. It's Bring It On Home To Me slash You Send Me. And it was difficult to find a place to drop it in, so I did the best I could. Here we go. Bring it on home to me. 
That's a perfect artist for Rod Stewart to cover. Yeah. Sam Cooke. There's a, is there a bad Sam Cooke song? I mean, no, that's another, like, you're going to, you're going to nail it with a Sam Cooke song. Yeah. And I mean, His I'm not saying, anyway. and I'm not saying he's better than Sam Cooke. Sam Cooke. No, 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 no. But he does a good job. Mm-hmm. So that's it. No, there's a play out song. There is a play out song. So it's about a lady. I named my cat. You named your cat Maggie May? I did. That's I did. Good. I mean, that cat's long been dead. But... Just Maggie or was it Maggie May? Maggie May. I love it. Yeah. And it was from this song. <laughs> so I mean, he has a lot of signature songs, but this is probably his first signature song. Mm-hmm. I he, agree. He can't go on stage and not play this. No. No. Oh, could you imagine how disappointing, really? I you mean, what's funny is you would um you you would be on the drive home and you'd be like, wait, he didn't play Maggie May. Yeah. Because he's got because he played so many other songs I mean, that you would like, almost get lost in it. But yeah, he's like Elton John and Billy Joel, and some of these guys just have so many songs that uh, but yeah, he's never not gonna play Maggie May. Never, never, never. Right. And then let's do a tease. The next time you're here, we are gonna cover his last four albums from the seventies, but they're his first four albums for Warner brothers records. And those are Atlantic crossing because that's named Atlantic crossing because he actually moved from the UK Mm -hmm. across the Atlantic to, uh, I think Southern California. So Atlantic crossing a night on the town footloose and fancy free and blondes have more fun. And maybe because we're only doing four songs, I I mean, four albums, maybe we'll pick three songs each from those albums. Because these, I think that's a good idea. These songs are filled with, I mean, these albums are filled with great songs, but there's also some questionable taste. (laughs) So we'll have fun with those too. And if Suzanne picks three good songs, maybe I'll pick three questionable ones. Who knows? But uh, I'm looking forward to covering those songs and that'll close out the seventies for us, but that'll be our, our second part of, uh, of Rod Stewart. I can't wait. I can't wait either. So Suzanne, let's tell people uh, what your handle is on Twitter. I, is it at a Stillingham? I don't know. I don't, I don't, know. You're, really supposed don't know. you're supposed to know your Twitter handle. Hold on. I I will find it because you, uh, I finally, I got, uh, I deleted my Instagram. I've long been off Facebook and Twitter's the last one that I'm hanging on to. And why did you delete your, uh, your Instagram? 
I because it's owned by Facebook and I just I can't oh, okay. all of that anymore. And it was just I'm gonna find it because you like to tweet. You you are at S Dillingham, D-I-L-L-I-N-G-H-A-M. There you go. At S Dillingham. Stay on Twitter. I need you to like my tweets. It's, it's the only way I stay in touch with Alexi. So oh, never get Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> I wondered when Alexi's name would be dropped. You did it. You did it a long time ago. I didn't say Alexi this episode. Yes, you did. You were talking about how even he gets nervous. Or maybe was, it wasn't in the episode. Was it was before, pre. That was before we started talking. <laughs> now when Alexi listens, he's going he's gonna to hear that. Because at the beginning, Suzanne said she was nervous. Said, what are you nervous about? Edit this out. Hey, I'm not editing it out. But no, uh, the first time, the first time Alexi was on, he said he was a little nervous. I don't know if he's nervous every time. He certainly is a professional broadcaster. Well, not just you kind of drop this now. We can't I'm stop. not dropping it. <laughs> Keeping it in. Keeping it in. All right, Suzanne, uh, you can follow Kyle at Kyle Dotson Funny. You can follow Lisa Solak, who now does our Instagram. She is at a la is it 500? Oh boy, I hope I think that's it's zero zero five. Zero zero five. I think At so. Allah zero zero five. How do you know well, her? I don't know why I know that. you, but you don't know. You <laughs> I might own. be wrong. It might be zero five zero. I just I think yeah, it's zero, feel like zero, it's zero, zero, zero five. five. I think I did it wrong. I'm still not editing any of this out. No <laughs> don't way. Know why I know I'm not. And not mine. <laughs> uh, you can follow us at Rock Solid Show. Go to RockSolidPodcast.com for all things about the show: episodes, T-shirts. Patreon link, all that good stuff. Uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you to the Patreon people for supporting. If you've been listening for 11 years, because at this point we're in our 11th year and you're not throwing down $2 a month. How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> I mean, really? Please. 25 $2. cents an episode? Is that the math? Did I do it right? 50 cents an episode. Whatever it is, it's worth it. It's totally worth it, actually. It's worth it. And I'm going to swear, it's worth it, you motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I am Pat. That is Suzanne. Suzanne, concert wife, thank you so much for doing this. I can't wait till we can see a show together. When are you going to feel comfortable going to a show? I have, I have no idea. I, I'm going to just have to get over it and go. But I obviously am only going to go to an outdoor show. An outdoor event. Or in the, yeah, I'm not going to go indoor. Would you um, go to an outdoor event if it was at a big venue like the Hollywood Bowl? As long as it's outdoor, you're okay. Yeah, I think I'm okay with that. I don't even, it's not even a COVID thing. It's not even that I'm worried about getting sick. It's just that I really don't want to be around that many people. <laughs> you I know only that's have, horrible, but I don't. You I only just, have to talk to me. I know. Well, I'll do it out. I'll do an outdoor venue. Well, I can't you know, be indoors that close to people because. I don't know. This whole thing is it, it really kind of messed with my head too, because I'm used to only being around people completely covered from head to toe. Right. You know, so it's like, so when I go out to the grocery store and things like that, I am hypersensitive to people being too close to me, which is, I would have no problem being around you, being around Schmidt, being around my friends. That I, have pro I have problems being around Schmidt. But that I know would would not let right. me come over if they were sick. Now this is weird because when we would go to concerts, sometimes you would leave me for a little bit and go into the pit. I know. So you're not going to go I'd into the get, pit anymore. 
It's just going to take time, Pat. Robin, I'm sure I will. Robin Zanders, he's on stage. You're not going to go into the pit. For so that. this is the thing. If they're only playing indoor venues, am I going? We haven't seen Cheap Trick in so long. I know. And you know they're going to tour. So now we have to go. I think we they have, have a show in July out here. <laughs> okay, I can do it. All right. Well, look, go online and check it out. All right. <laughs> That's it, Suzanne. Stay safe, healthy, and well. You too. Uh, and everybody, because you're not going to hear this because I put the when we do it on Zoom, I put the play in play out song in afterwards. After. So thank you, Suzanne. You're a hero. <laughs> totally and, not. And but everyone, you're welcome. Everyone, please enjoy Maggie May. Meow. Of a rock and roll band that 